This podcast is sponsored by Rustwood, proud partners of the Cavanagh Association. Shinti is ingrained in the community of Newton Moor and in Rustwood, with many of our staff involved in the sport over the years, from players and team managers to volunteers and die-hard fans. Rustwood are a leading supplier of high-quality, sustainable timber flooring, cladding and decking products. Quality, expertise, innovation, environment and community are at the core of everything we do. We strive to be the best for our customers through unrivalled technical expertise and customer service and to do our best for the environment by offering sustainable, high-performance timber products. Search Russwood to find us online and on social media. Hello and welcome back to the Half Swing Shinty podcast, where we review and preview the week's shinty from all over Scotland with a weekly co-host. Last week signified the first round of women's matches, which were some of the only shinty games in the country, uh, which took place with COVID bringing the unisex game to its knees. If I sound a little uh, off, then I can only apologise. I'm part of the problem. Uh, I travelled to London and I also brought back COVID. Uh, I've been in isolation for 10 days. Um, with my flatmate, uh, it's, well, it's just been just over eight days now, actually, and, <laughs> you know, I don't know who's really more in danger, if it's myself with the virus or him, his sanity, I've uh, been stuck in a house with me for eight days, I've been complaining, I've just lost my taste the other day, um, so I'm not happy chappy, but one thing I'm really happy about is to be joined by this week's guest co-host, Kate Bradley. Kate, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. Not at all. Not at all. An absolute pleasure. Um, so how have you been finding the last few weeks training and getting uh, getting back to playing? Yeah, it's been great. Um, it's obviously been so long since I've been home as well. I've been in Edinburgh for uni, so I haven't seen the girls in so long. So getting back to training, getting back to playing a game at the weekend was brilliant. Um, so many of the girls have grown so much since I last saw them. Like in the weekend past, we played a game and I was the second oldest on the pitch, mm. but probably one of the shortest. <laughs> so um, it's definitely a big change, but seeing the girls, seeing how confident and fit and healthy they are, I mean, there's a lot of promise for the season to come and the years to come. So it's been great to see and it's great to be back. Yeah, sure. It, it certainly is great to be back. Um, it was a bit of a sort of later start than the unisex game. Um, was that something that you think was... Uh, was um, something you guys benefited from or do you think you know you were ready to go back in back in June when the start of June sorry when the when the unisex game started? Yeah I think it was quite good to have that kind of wee delay to see how things were going with the guys game Um, myself and one of the other girls um, got about 10-15 minutes on one of the guys games as well the week before that so it was nice to kind of see how things were panning out get a bit of extra training in before we started playing ourselves so yeah I think I think the layouts worked the right way. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Better to test the waters first. Um, We're in a bit of a unique situation this week in terms of, you know, we try and follow a a sort of um, loose script for each episode of the podcast. Unfortunately, with so many games called off last week, uh, in the men's game at least, uh, due to COVID um, and with the WCA announcing a two-week break 
um, just until the numbers get under control with the potential uh, for the Cam Act Association to follow that uh, in the men's game. There might be a little bit less for us to cover this week, but we'll try our best to persevere. Um, I don't know if you want to start maybe by reviewing the games that did happen at the weekend in the women's game. So we'll just take them one at a time. I think the most sensible place to start is with a match that I would say um, will surely be the game of the week. Uh, it's Inverness 4, Lovett 4. Um, what did you think when you saw that scoreline coming in? I mean, I was happy for Inverness. I think that's a great result for them. They've had a couple Challenge Cup clashes with Lovett and Lovett have quite often come out on top. So I think that was a brilliant score and I was gutted that I didn't get to see that game because it sounds really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, Katie McMillan on form for Inverness getting all four goals, mm-hmm. which is mental for, you know, first game back in however long. Um, and then you can see Laura Gallagher back in action as well with three goals, I think. So mm-hmm. sounds like a very exciting game. But I think Inverness really deserved to have held that to a draw there because they do have a lot of younger girls and they seem to have been working really hard. So, yeah, it sounded like a tense one. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, you've pretty much hit the hit the nail on the head with all the things I would, uh, I would like to say about that as well. I mean, Laura Gallagher, firstly, you know, I know, um, I know she got three, uh, not four, but she just something of an unstoppable force it seems. Um, I mean, I was looking um, at her numbers um, last week because this was the Maui game of the week last week, Inverness versus Lovett. So I was doing a bit of digging into it, and her numbers last year were just sensational as well. I mean, it's just truly incredible. But no, you're quite right to point out Katie McMillan, um, who who bagged four goals to sort of I guess drag the drag Inverness to that uh, to that result but it's certainly a vast improvement on the last time the two met um, which I think was in that Challenge Cup final uh, yeah. in 2019 I think Inverness won 7-1 um, yeah I was goal judging that game and I think it was something similar to that for yeah. sure yeah. Inverness especially first game back you know we were kind of testing the waters with our first game but to come in with a draw like love it and them for all I think that's brilliant yeah absolutely couldn't agree more um congratulations to to both sides there and and I feel like just because we've mentioned Katie and Laura we we might as well shout out the other goal scorer for Levels, Jade Callum <laughs> um just so that nobody's left out um yeah I think that's a, a nice succinct uh, summary of that match uh, the other game that took place in WCA Maui North Senior League is Glenacker versus Strathglass Glenacart won 2-1 there. Did you have any thoughts on this one? I mean, bound to be a close one, fairly local game. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the kind of classics from both sides coming through with Morgan Redpath and Hazel Hunter. Both very, very strong players. And yeah, I didn't expect it to be... I didn't expect one of the teams to run away with it, really. I think it probably played out as most folk expected. But I'm sure it was a great game to watch. And good to see players who have been in the game for so long still coming through with goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Glen Eckert taking the spoils in that uh, in that local derby, so they'll be delighted until the next game comes along, and we'll see if Strathglass can get some revenge. Um, now we'll drop down to a league where you're probably slightly more well, you will be more familiar by the end of the year um, with the teams in this league because it's the one that Arden American are in. Um, but we'll start off elsewhere. We'll start off at Glengarry, who lost. 5-0 against Sky B. Um, what did you think about that? And uh, I guess once we've um, gone through this, maybe 
how do you think that league's going to shape up um, throughout the season? You know, what what are Arden Americans' hopes for that uh, for that section? I would ask as well. Yeah, I mean, I think over the years, Sky have been pretty unstoppable, um, first and second teams. And I think if I'm not sure, I've not spoken to any of them, but if they're following a similar format to us, then they'll be doing pretty mixed sides this year, mm. rather than having a, an extra strong first team and a less strong second team. And you can see that with Rihanna Kirk getting a goal for them. She's clearly, you know, one of their top players. So having her in the B team um, is definitely going to cause some um, upsets, I think. Definitely a lot of um, competition, whether it's A or B team. We've done the exact same thing at Arden Marikin. We're not doing a strong A and a less experienced B. We're keeping it equal across the board, hopefully to kind of create some better games. So I'm looking forward to playing Sky. Um, It's a great result for them. They definitely looked like they worked hard to earn it. Megan Campbell with four goals as well. That's brilliant. Mm. You know, first game back. So... I think it's it's exciting. It's definitely going to be an interesting league, and I think it's not going to be an easy one anyway with all these strong players coming through. But um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the final game to touch on was uh, one that you played in, um, <laughs> so we're expecting uh, some incisive analysis from this one. <laughs> um, Arden American A played Arden American B. So um, talk me through how the game went. Firstly. It was, it was really, really close. I was quite apprehensive going into it, thinking that it wasn't going to be the kind of normal start to the season that you want. Mm-hmm. But really, just having us our own girls just mixed up on the pitch, I thought it was brilliant. It was a really nice way to start the season. It was pretty competitive, actually. You would, like we, I kind of thought that some of us might hold back or kind of be quite nervous about going up against our own players. You wouldn't have thought that some of those girls knew each other. They were just straight away... <laughs> Um, but yeah, we were all knackered. It was a really hot day, really, really even teams. We split it equally to the point where, you know, we've got a lot of families in the team. So siblings were all split up onto either side. Myself and my mum were split up on either side. Um, and her team, unfortunately, beat us, which I was not happy about. But <laughs> <laughs> no, they, it was just Rosalind Ritchie came through with two lovely goals. Um, but apart from that, it was really, really close. And you know, I wasn't too bitter about them beating us um, because it really just shows promise for the season ahead. You know, we're all in the one squad, all from the same club, so um, it's only kind of good things that can come out of it. Yeah. Um, but I, it was good fun. It was a nice way to start the season. Such an unusual year anyway, so it was quite nice to have a weird start anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Lindsay's got the uh, bragging rights in the in the Bradley household for now. <laughs> he was quite gracious, actually. Oh, really? Uh, I, I wouldn't have been as... Um, <laughs> quiet about it as she was I went straight to work after the game finished I think she had a few hours just to kind of calm down a bit and then I came home and she was all right about it I, <laughs> I would have rubbed it in a bit more than she <laughs> I was up front against her as well so I think if I'd maybe put a couple goals past her it would have been a different story but no I couldn't manage yeah you'll be out uh, you'll be out in the field running every <laughs> every day for the, for the next six weeks till you face each other again um yeah, so, I mean, I think like that makes sense in terms of like participation and ensuring that the matches are enjoyable to sort of split the teams as evenly as you can, especially when you're playing against each other. Um, do you think maybe that might change a little bit when it comes to playing clubs out with and you would be maybe leading with, uh, you know, one stronger side, um, a traditional A and B, if you would? I mean, I think the WC have been pretty lenient with squads this year. You know, there's no named players. So I think we will tweak things as we go based on the teams we'll come up against and also based on availability. You know, we've got a lot of girls working this year, a lot of girls really busy. So 
we're trying to make sure that we have even sides everyone's getting a game everyone's getting back into it just using it as a kind of chance to regroup after the last couple of years but also making sure that we still you know make a name for ourselves and get some good results out there so i think we're just going to play it by ear to be honest see how things go but um, probably try and stick to that mixed kind of setup as much as we can but really you know this year the girls that were kind of younger two years ago have all grown up there's probably not that many that aren't at a similar level to the more experienced players everyone's kind of you know on the same kind of level right now so I wouldn't really notice a difference to be honest if we'd mix the teams any other way mm-hmm. yeah no that's fair enough um I guess one other curiosity just obviously I'm used to uh, chatting to to people about the uh, the unisex game um one other sort of I guess the major difference between the two leagues um is you know maybe the competitive structure whereby the men's game or unisex game sorry has gone um in, into like a sort of standard season um apart from the leagues where all the caps and trophies will be running my understanding is that's not happening at wca level um do you think that uh, you might um sort of miss the the competitive side and fighting for trophies or do you think this is maybe the most sensible way just to get us up and running again yeah, I mean, I think for us at Arden America, and I can't really speak for any other clubs, but just seeing it as a way to kind of get everyone back together, get it going again, is probably enough for us this year. You know, we've had a couple of tough seasons in that one. The South 2 girls and development girls have done great, but for all of us in that one, we had a couple, top, uh, couple of tough seasons just with, mm-hmm. you know, just moving up. It was quite a big jump between South 2 and that one, so... I think just having this chance to play in a smaller league, more locally, against some teams that we don't often get to play as well, we're just seeing it as a new opportunity. And um, I'm sure the competitive aspect will still come into it. You know, we're still going out to win. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not too worried about missing out on the Cups this year. Yeah. Um, I think it's just a better option just for us to stay local and see how we go and then next year put everything into that. Yeah, I think that, that came out quite loud and clear from the... WCA's consultation as far as uh, as far as I'm aware so it seems like it's certainly the right option uh, for the women's game so no that's good and I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, in terms of just generally being back um, how, how was it did you feel uh, a bit of um, a bit of ring rust or, or were you straight back into the, into the floor I was thing? not straight back into it I did <laughs> not have a great game in all honesty <laughs> <laughs> I was up against the girl Katie Emma Connolly, who I haven't seen in such a long time. She's shot up to probably not short of six foot, um, and her skill level has just gone up dramatically. She's always been a good player, but just first touch was brilliant. She was getting the ball straight away. I was at wing centre against her, and um, we had a BBC Alpha guy there filming, and it went on and live yesterday or the day before, mm-hmm. and I watched it back, and it was just every clip I was getting rid of. <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't my best. It was good to be back, and I've worked on my fitness a lot, so I was feeling fine on the pitch, but just, I I think I need a couple more training sessions. Yeah. Back yeah. Up at level. yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's fitness and there's match fitness, right? You know, it's two yeah, different things. And it was a roasting hot day as well, so um, that definitely contributed to it. And mm-hmm. just, it was so close as well. You know, it was just going back and forward up the pitch the whole time, so... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was a tiring one, and I think a lot of the girls kind of felt that kind of slightly rusty, but trying to get into it thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that kind of helped, you know, just being against each other. You know, if people were a bit rusty, people made a mistake, we could just have a laugh about it rather than getting stressed out because we were against, you know, an opposing team. Yeah. Um, so as much as we took it seriously, it was also quite a nice way to ease ourselves into it because 
really it wasn't the end of the world. Whoever came out on top, it was still a win for Arden Marikian, So Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's certainly one way to look at it. Um, I'm only looking at it that way because I lost. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, we talked a little bit there about uh, about rustiness and coming back um, over lockdown uh, and coming into the start of the season. Did you manage to to sort of keep um, an interest in Shinty and, and how did you do that? Or has it sort of just started again in the last few months since we've been able to train properly? We kept it pretty strong, especially in the first lockdown last year. We've got a fitness coach based in Shantine called Laura who did weekly, sometimes twice a week, Zoom workouts and kept us all motivated. Um, she's not someone to be messed with. She's a brilliant coach. So um, she did keep us all going for a long time. And then training did start again, I think, you know, end of last year for mm. a wee while. Um, I was obviously in Edinburgh, so that I couldn't make that. But um, they did get back into it for a wee bit. We did a classic Zoom quizzes, murder mystery nights, all that mm. kind of thing, which, you know, people lost interest in quite quickly, understandably. So... Then it's just been, you know, keeping communicating. A lot of the girls are in school together and things like that. So we've definitely kept it going as much as we could up until training starting. Um, but the biggest thing we probably did to keep everyone together, keep everyone interested, was fitness-based stuff. Yeah. And then for me personally, when non-contact training started again, I was over in Edinburgh. So um, I got back training with Edinburgh University, which was good. Um, it meant that I was still playing, even though it wasn't with my club, at home who I'm going into this season with it meant that I was getting back and um, having a wee play and getting a chance to get back into things so um, I think I've pretty much kept going the whole time as much as I could and we hit about every now and again so yeah I mean I didn't want to lose touch with it completely but at the same time it was quite a nice wee break at points just to have a couple of weekends off and take things a bit easier. Yeah, it can it can be relentless at times the shinty season, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we'll be quite grateful for weekends on right now rather than weekends off. But uh, hopefully that situation will calm down with uh, with COVID. Um, normally, again, like you know, there would be more uh, matches for us to go through, but uh, that sort of rounded off um, the matches at the weekend in terms of the women's section um, for the unisex game. Uh, there were a series of games on, but there were a vast majority of games off, I guess, in terms of um, we normally just go through the uh, maybe senior league results. So I'm just going to touch on them briefly and then we'll move on to some questions. So Aberdower uh, lost 8-0 against Glasgow Midargyle at the weekend. Um, Ali McKerricher got a hat-trick in that game. Um, two from Oliver McRae, two from Craig Anderson and one from James McLeod. That uh, signifies another strong result for GMA who have been pushing um, the sort of teams at the top of, uh, the, you know, traditionally at the top of the, the southern section. So like Kyle's and Oban Kamenak, they pushed them both quite close in recent weeks. And in fact, I think they drew nil-nil with Oban Kamenak on week one. Um, so for them to go out and put that sort of result on Aberdower uh, just really backs up um, what they were um what they were doing previously so you know I think they'll be delighted with that Aberdower will of course be disappointed um, to lose 8-0 anyone will be disappointed to lose 8-0 it's been a bit of a baptism of fire for for them moving into uh, play teams that you know are premiership teams like GMA um, like Oban Kamenacht, Kyles etc etc 
so there was that uh, elsewhere I guess uh, another important one to touch upon is that Glen Eckert knocked local rival Strathglass out of the Telecoms Kamenaft Cup um, David McLennan on the 23rd minute and then Jed Stoddart on the 50th minute so that means both in the women's game and the men's game at the weekend Glen Eckert beat Strathglass so there'll be a lot of bragging rights that side rather than going to Cannach. Um but yeah I think I might touch upon the rest of the results uh, separately but let's for now um, crack on and find out a little bit more um, about you. I had a, a sort of message in from a Megan Ishbel um, <laughs> and you know I sort of accidentally I guess already asked it it's how have you kept connected to Shinty throughout Covid um, I <laughs> mean is there anything else you want to touch on beyond what uh, what you just mentioned yeah I play Shinty with Megan at Edinburgh Uni Shinty team and she asked me the same question in her dissertation interview okay. which she did on like masculinity and how that affects Shinty and things like that oh, wow. so I've no idea what I said to her then but yeah pretty much the same for what I said to you before sticking Keeping going with uh, our fitness, keeping up with, you know, staying in touch with each other as much as we could. Um, in the lockdown last year, another thing that I did was, Yoan um, Stewart, who runs Emin Hall and Kelia, um, asked me to run a kind of Gaelic shinty discussion group. So it was a Zoom session once a week for um, fluent Gaelic speakers to just come on and just chat shinty and talk about different elements of the game that we like, things that we don't like, things that we might change, different things like that. Um, so we did that every week for probably about two months, ten weeks maybe. And that was a really good way to keep things going, to stay connected to the sport and also to keep using my Gaelic, which is a thing that I probably wouldn't have used so much if it wasn't for Yon and Emin Colm So yeah. that was a really good way to stay connected to the sport and then obviously just trying to stay in touch with everyone as much as I could and then getting back to training in Edinburgh was all really good ways of kind of staying in touch with it. But yeah, a few different things and then obviously having a nice break. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you sort of touched on the on the Gaelic um, the Gaelic medium of, of learning there. The, as far as I understand from what we were discussing earlier, there's some sort of other opportunities that go alongside that uh, when you were younger. Maybe do you want to speak a little bit about them? Yeah, I mean, Johan works really, really hard to keep links not only with Gaelic and Shinty, but also with Ireland and um, obviously everything that goes on there with hurling and Gaelic and everything like that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, since I was about 15 I've been involved in going over for trips and everything you know you speak Gaelic the whole time and and you get to kind of connect with Harley and Camogie players over there through the medium of Gaelic and Gaelic and um, yeah it's been a brilliant opportunity and it's been a chance to use Gaelic in kind of an applied context rather than a you know when you're in school it's like you sit down you speak Gaelic in class this is a group of people like-minded people people a lot of there to play shinty and have a bit of crack but also are you there to use their Gaelic and improve their Gaelic so that's been a brilliant opportunity and it's been also a way to, you know, get more kind of mixed rules games in and um, get some really fun weekends in. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, that's, that sounds great. Um, my sister is, is fluent. She goes to Gaelic Medium Education and she, um, she, what we found was that, you know, everything that she speaks is, is formal Gaelic because it's the Gaelic used towards teachers etc so yeah. like her conversational stuff is, is not is not great because you just don't get that opportunity so uh, it's good to but hear that really respectful all the time it's probably not a bad thing yeah yeah that's true that's true it's more, much more respectful than English I can assure you that <laughs> uh, but no it's good to hear that there are opportunities for um 
for people to use Shinty to sort of uh, further another one of uh, Scotland's um, great embedded cultural um, sort of landscapes in, in the Gaelic language. Um, moving on slightly, um, you were one of the original Shinty ambassadors, is that right? So I was one of the um, young people who set up the Shinty ambassador programme. Okay. So um, in 2018, Katie Drain approached myself, Emma Gordon from Sky, Ryan Boyle from Fort William and Liam Arnott from O'Karen. Um, we were all kind of new out of high school and just approached us asking us what we thought would improve Shinty for young people, how we could strengthen the pathways to clubs and just a mix of things like that. And we worked for a few weeks um, to apply for funding um, to start up the Shinty Ambassador Programme across schools. So we started that in 2018 and it's still going now. Um, and I've been a mentor each year. So you get a kind of group of different ambassadors from each school each year that you support throughout the year. You mm. publicise what they've been up to, you help them out, you go to their training weekends and stuff like that. So that's been a really good thing to be involved in. Mm -hmm. um, and it's been great to see a lot of the ambassadors go on to be good coaches or um, you know, great players. Most of them are already. Um, and then people like Elena McLennan was one of our first men um, ambassadors and she's now been a mentor for the last two years as well. So mm -hmm. it creates a good pathway in itself while it's also strengthening the pathways between primary schools, schools and clubs. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I sorry, I, I thought that you were just part of the first batch, but the fact that you were actually part of um of you know making the the process a, a reality that you know it must bring you some pride because I think it's been one of the most successful programs um you know that the CA have have run in in recent years. Um, there seems to be good levels of engagement, and you know it seems to produce. Uh, you know, highly competent um, young individuals who go through both coaching and refereeing qualifications and, you know, are well placed to, to sort of help support the sport and to, to grow their, their own sort of pathway in the sport. So, no, it's fantastic. Um, so, as a mentor, I guess, uh, you know, are there any struggles or challenges or is you know, generally a, a positive experience? I mean, it's a great experience. I do have to, you know, fit it in with uni studying and also work. So mm -hmm. um, it's one of these things that I kind of assign time to each week. But I do spend a little bit of time messaging ambassadors, chasing them up for information to do Facebook posts about and things like mm -hmm. that. So I'd say the only thing is, you know, having to balance my time a bit better while I've got that con commitment. But mm. um, you see it paying off, you know, it's so rewarding to watch them all kind of I sound so old, but watch them kind of grow up and turn into um, really good players and coaches and also see them create links between the schools and links between the different clubs that you wouldn't potentially see in other cases. If they were just playing against each other yeah. every weekend, you wouldn't see those connections start to form, which will be helpful for them in the future for sure. Um, so no, it's all positive. Um, it's all good. And it's been really good for me as well to kind of um, enhance my experience and, you know, dealing with people, mentoring people and also... Um, the kind of media side to it as well, like you know, keeping it um, public on social media and things like that. So yeah. it's been absolutely. Um, I guess we're talking there about uh, people's pathway. You know, these young players' pathway into into Shinty. Thinking about your own pathway, um, when did you first get into Shinty, and you know, sort of what was your inspiration to do so? So my family moved up from South Ayrshire when I was about six. Um, and my mum got straight into helping out and um, taking my brother's training and stuff like that. I wasn't particularly keen. Mm -hmm. um, so she said, she pretty much bribed me and said, I'll buy you a shinty stick mm -hmm. if you go to training. And um, for some reason I fell for that, even though I didn't want to play shinty, didn't want a shinty stick. <laughs> so 
it was a little present it was a thing to have so I took her up on it and started going to training in Strontean and then just didn't stop from there so played primary school um, started doing a bit of under 14s and then obviously into the women's side and then haven't really stopped from there mm-hmm. so it's been the kind of age group I was in when I was coming into the women's team was the kind of cohort of us that stayed throughout we're kind of all similar age and we ended up bringing the team from kind of a lower level we were quite new I think the women's side only started in 2008-2009 so quite a low level you know it was a big deal if we got a goal and it was a big deal if mm-hmm. we drew a game and things like that up until the stage that we were undefeated in South 2 and then moved into Nat 1 so while it's been tough from that point onwards it's been really rewarding to be part of that kind of original squad that moved all the way through the stages but yeah. um one of the things that I think has been great about the squad is that we're constantly developing younger players. So while there's that kind of base group still there, the majority of us still are. Um, we've also been bringing new girls in all the time and getting them match experience and um, bringing them up to a higher level. So I think that, I mean, the future is looking good for sure. Um, I already feel past it, but I don't think I'll go for a while. <laughs> Gee, was, was it past it? 22, is it? No, 21. 21. Not, <laughs> good grief. Um, okay yeah I mean I think that that's certainly impressive to you know to hear about um, and you know they say all the best teams I was speaking to to friend of the pod um, Rory McKechn and you know he he talks a lot about how um, yes can you see our you know arguably the most uh, the best team in the sport just now um, but that's uh, built on the foundations of them being a group and moving up as a group uh, through all of the levels and that sort of great understanding and and uh, greater team spirit that that gives you. So yeah, no, it's it's fascinating to hear. And yeah, I mean, there's no getting away from the fact it has been uh, it's been a rough sort of year or two in the national. Um, but uh, you know, these are the these are the sort of uh, things that that help you progress more uh, and more. As well, we didn't expect to just storm in and go and start winning games straight away. It's just, it's not a possible thing, it's a big jump. Mm-hmm. So, um, we were quite happy to take a couple of years and just slowly build up, build the other younger girls up to that level and just see how we go. Obviously, COVID interrupted that, but that's how we intend to keep going. It might take a wee while, but um, yeah, we're, we're, we're hopeful for the future. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. In terms of your own sort of personal progression in the sport. Um, you're obviously only 21, so you know maybe this hasn't even crossed your mind yet. Uh, but you, when it comes uh, towards the end, um, you know one of Shinty's major problems, I think, is that uh, you've got all these fantastic committed players, and then you know when they retire, they don't. Well, a lot of them don't really want to take anything to do with it anymore. You know, they're they're, they're happy that's they got to play Shinty, that's them done, and unfortunately, you know it's time for them to retire. Do do you see yourself? Uh, maybe staying involved whether that's uh, committee level or coaching or anything like that yeah I'd say so I mean it's definitely going to be a while before any of that happens yeah. like my, my mum's still on the squad so as long as she's playing I'm playing <laughs> <laughs> that, that wouldn't be allowed for sure but no I'm keen to keep playing for um, a long time yet and then yeah definitely I wouldn't want to see um, anything stop with the club I wouldn't want to look like I was turning my back on them mm. you know they've um, so important for me growing up that I was involved in the team and that my friends and I got to kind of go through the, all that together. So um, I would definitely look to be involved more. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a long way away. Yeah, we, we don't need to worry about that quite yet. Um, Okie doke. Um, perfect. Um, what we'll do is 
we'll move on. Have you listened to the podcast before? Um, yeah. Okay, perfect. Do you know what the sticker kick is? Yeah. Yeah, okay, right. So every week, um, you know, I ask the guests uh, to change, if they could change one thing about Shinty. Uh, it doesn't have to be a rule. It can be something, you know, a bit sillier, uh, but it can be a rule as well. Um, yeah. So you can either introduce something new, get rid of something that exists, or, or you know, whatever you want. You've got free reign, but you're only allowed to make one change to the sport. Um, what would you change or introduce? I had to think about this, and I feel like it's really important to differentiate between hockey and shinty. Um, it's really important to learn the rules of both. If you are a player of both sports, you can't obviously just take your hockey skills and use it in shinty, you will get hurt. But um, one of the things I really like about watching field hockey is the one-on-one style penalties, mm-hmm. where they've got like a certain amount of seconds in the box and they kind of dribble in on the goalie. And I obviously don't know if shinty goalie... I did suggest it to a goalie on Sunday... Um, not my mum, the other girl that was playing me, and she said, not a chance. Like, <laughs> um, but as a forward, I think that would be great, having a bit more time to kind of move in, get a bit closer on goals, and I'm prone to sky and penalties, so if I could get a bit closer and get a better angle on it, then it might just stand a chance. Yeah. So I think that's something I'd like to introduce, whether it be just in sudden death or, mm. you know, for penalties as a whole, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I think something where you had, you know, maybe say 10 seconds, from the penalty spot to kind of run in. I mean, that might offer the goalie an advantage if they could come out swinging. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that could be something quite interesting. Yeah, I think uh, if we if we were to move forward with that, you'd have to make sure your your helmet was uh, was fastly secured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, to be fair. One of the times I feel most sorry for the goalies uh, is when you see, you know, your your big beefy full forward getting ready to take a penalty and you just think like there's a good chance that even if you do stop this you'll get knocked into the goal with the ball <laughs> like it's just gonna come an absolute howitzer at you <laughs> um it's purely selfish from my point of view as well looking to help the goalie here it's purely as a forward <laughs> um, looking to score goals because i do struggle with penalties so <laughs> it's the the goalies <laughs> brilliant Fantastic. Um, okay, uh, I've been given some grief um, over the past few weeks uh, for my choice uh, of meal deal. Um, but you're stood in, in Tesco's or wherever you normally go. What, what's your choice? Oh, I'm quite co-op loyal. Okay. Uh, there's, so o- there's only a co-op in Bewley, so you're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would usually go carnation chicken sandwich. Um, is that a good choice? Oh, fantastic! <laughs> right, okay, one out of three. Three salad pots are good, but mostly coronation chicken sandwich. I like the um wee chicken satay things. Oh, two out of three! Come on. <laughs> and then a wee oasis like the oasis. It's the best juice apart from the apart from the smoothie. That's the. Uh, right. Smoothies are too small though. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. I'm gonna. We'll rank them all eventually. End of the season awards. Uh, but I think uh, come the end of season awards, uh, you know, forget about uh, best player, best club, you know, forget all that. Best meal deal at me cam Kate Bradley. Um, yeah, no, that's perfect. That sounds that sounds absolutely delicious, and it's certainly better than some of the horrific shouts I've heard from the rest of the guys. Um, over the past few weeks so no that's good i'm quite happy with that 
Um, so they're getting the most for your three pound fifty or whatever it is. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm glad you crisps. Everyone always goes for crisps. I don't like crisps. Nah, you see, nah. you gotta got the wee satay things are good. Pork pie if you're really hungry, but that's pushing it. <laughs> so, uh, one of our mates, one of my mates, always gets the eggs that you dip in mustard, and it's just oh, under. No, it's a, that's a non-starter, is it? Like you know. <laughs> And hummus are good. Oh yeah, no, that's not bad. That's a bit of a healthy option, though, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, perfect. Well, thanks very much for that, Kate. Um, is there anything else you want to touch upon uh, before we come to the end of the show? Well, good. Just thank you for having me on. I've been really enjoying listening to it. I think it's a good thing for the sport to have folk on chatting about it each week and get folk listening to it, get a bit of publicity. So yeah, it's been great. Absolutely. Thanks very much for that. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Kate. Uh, take care. Thank you. Cheers. Okay. You've just listened to another episode of the Half Swing Shinty Podcast. This week's episode was sponsored by Russwood. My thanks go to my guest this week, Kate Bradley, as well as yourself for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to tell a friend about the podcast because it's the only way we're going to be able to grow. I would also like to thank Glasgow band Pizza Crunch for letting us use their single, Coma Inducing Gibberish, as the intro to the pod. You can check them out on Spotify. Their new song, Selexa, is just out. It's really good. Give it a listen. My final thanks, as always, go to our friend Fergie MacDonald for letting us use the Shinty Referee to play us out. By the shore, Glenorchy, Owen, Celtic, Arnhemurchen, and Strathglass, Kilmorry, Bute, Lorne, and around the Brander Pass. There's Minder, Gailwell, Leskin, and Glengarry near Loch Ness, Strachar and Lochside Rovers, Copper Bay and Inverness. With his whistle and his stopwatch on the kill above his knee, is the roughest, toughest man around Shinder River With his whistle and his stopwatch on the kill. Of his knee is the roughest, toughest man around the shanty referee.